What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 61st episode of the Boundless Business Podcast. Today it's only me and uh, Justine, but next week we got it. We got to have Larissa talk about the Taylor Swift concert because I know everyone's waiting for that. Yes, we definitely need a Taylor recap. I know she's super excited to share with someone, so we'll definitely have to hear from her. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Justine, what are we talking about today? Today, we're going to talk about how um, landscapers and different home service industries can actually stay competitive in their industry um, and some different things that they can do to um, maximize their profits and, yeah, just stay competitive and be the most successful that they can be. So we can start with uh, conducting market research, if you would like. Absolutely. So the biggest thing about market research, especially when you're thinking about what it means to be a landscaper, right? Let's let's talk about that specifically. Most people uh, think about landscapers as uh, kind of blue collar, uh, you know, individuals that are really unprofessional and and whatnot. But that's that couldn't be further from the truth. The truth the the truth is that landscapers um, are really like the backbone of a lot of residential. Um, I would say the residential ecosystem, because truth, truth, truth be told, like regardless if you're in Miami or Florida, or Miami, Florida, or Arizona or uh, Cincinnati, ultimately what you're going to do uh, if you're a homeowner is take care of your house, right? Um, when you rent, it's a whole different mindset than when you own. So when you're thinking about a landscaper, they really bring your house to life because yes, you're going to spend a lot of time inside, but the outside, the front yard, the sides, they're all necessary for kind of like a, a best way of living. So when you're doing market research, especially competitive market research, you'll notice, especially going to like reviews, where the shortcomings are of your um, competitors. That might be that they don't, you know, uh, bill regularly or they increase pricing without notice. They might never, you know, follow up or they might skip days. Communication tends to be one of the biggest ones that most of these landscapers are missing. Now, there's also good, uh, uh, con- you know, consumer uh, market research that you can do. You can see raving reviews of, oh, individuals doing this, this, and this that we love, right? They always come with a smile. They're always dressed professionally. And pretty quickly, you can see what to do and what not to do. Um, I bet, Justine, I bet if you think back, you know, the last 20 and some years, you can probably think about like a time where you've, it might be a landscaper, might not have been, where they did something that instantly made you say, oh, I love this person and I'll continue working with them. Uh, and ones that like, you're like, oh, because you did this, I will never work with you again. Do you have any examples that come top of mind? Um, no super specific example, but just like, yeah, like you said, communication, being super open about, you know, what the process looks like and what's actually happening, what, what the service uh, provider is doing for you and like what is the actual goal that they're working towards just making sure that the customer understands what is going on um, I think is super important in building trust and making it super valuable absolutely and I mean landscapers are in the service-based business which means that you're probably dealing with a a decision maker every time you're there and even if they're not at the house let's say you do maintenance or you're installing turf you are talking to the decision maker which you want to value that relationship, build that trust, because that could be a well of value for you, both in referrals, testimonials, continued work, support. Um, 
potential you know employees or investors like you need to prioritize these relationships and that's what most people don't think about when they they go into landscaping is like the customer isn't always right but the customer communication and how you build that relationship uh, is important and that kind of goes into our next part which is the uh, identifying unique selling points right we talked about using better analysis to say oh what to do and what not to do um, an example could be let's say that you have a business uh, landscaping turf and soil business in austin and maybe you know uh, you have a, a very specific type of turf that you like to use there might be an educational component in there uh, or that your turf doesn't fade in the sun or something like that there's a very clear unique selling point that you can actually go to the market with because maybe when you're doing research you're saying oh everyone's worrying about color fade or the smell of the turf you know with with pets if you have a unique proposition and selling point you want to confirm that that the market actually has that problem because you don't want to advertise something that doesn't really matter um because we've all seen things from like oh i guess that's cool you know um like I, I think about that every time apple has a new phone they're like oh this camera is blah 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 i'm like yeah that's cool does it still take pictures and is it probably a little better yeah that's great fine you know um don't have to go into the mechanics and features behind it so uh finding that unique selling point again market research is the best to do it but also in this book most people don't prioritize is actually having conversations with their clients their customers getting feedback oh we love when you do this oh we you know found you on, on a Facebook ad or a word of mouth or in the, this newspaper. All that gives you unique selling points uh, and, and like a long laundry list of things that you can then attack the market with. Justine, I don't know if you have anything else you want to add with unique selling points, especially from like a content point of view, you know? Yeah, I was just going to say like, make those unique selling points known. Like you want your audience to remember when they're thinking about, you know, purchasing a artificial turf like you want to be top of mind because of your unique selling points so you want to really drill that into your audience and make them know about your your unique offering absolutely absolutely so what's, what's um, our next point is adapting to changing customer needs and preferences this is this is why you want to really focus on the uh the steps before this because you don't want to be caught doing something um, for, you know, a year, five years, 10 years, that doesn't work anymore. And we can get very specific with advertising and marketing of like, oh, you're still advertising maybe in the yellow pages, but your cost to acquire customers are like a thousand dollars versus like, you know, a couple hundred bucks somewhere else that that could happen. But we're talking more of changing customer desires and maybe um, outcomes. So for instance, a couple of years ago, you know, um, uh, not above ground, but like built-in trampolines were really, really big in Arizona. Like everyone had to have one. Now, not so much, right? So if you're still advertising like, you know, trampolines and all that, you might've missed the wave with it, right? So uh, another great example is like, if you go and try and sell water beds nowadays, most people don't want water beds, right? <laughs> and that's like pulling something in from a different um in you know industry altogether now can things come back in this style absolutely but that's why you have to have your pulse on the market and like see what competition is doing but also know, like start understanding what your clients want because 
could you have predicted that vinyl would outsell CDs in 2023? There might have been indicators, but like if you're not watching it, you don't want to be caught with your uh, you know metaphorical pants down. Um, and I realize, oh, like my competition's already um, far ahead, you know, of the playing field. Yeah, definitely. One thing I'll add to that is also just asking your customers, like, what could we have changed or improved on our services so that in the future you can make those better um, and really just getting that feedback from your customers. That's actually really good. I, let's let's talk about that for a second, because truth be told, like, you're not going to get it right every single time. Um, I think for me, thinking back at it, like my parents just repainted their house and the color was just a little bit off what they wanted, right? So, you know, in that feedback they could have given is like, oh, you know, it was lighter when they, we applied it, but it was darker when it dried and they wanted the lighter one. So maybe something that you could do is like, you know, come out the day before, paint a little bit of it and, you know, wait um, and then say, oh, this is what it is. Because the fact that you cared so much because painting your house is a couple thousand dollars, right? It's not like the cheapest things. Um, so we just want to make sure that we're prioritizing that um, and keeping that kind of line of communication um, open. So even if like someone's super happy, pressed in to see if there's any, like literally anything you could have done better. Uh, and if you can't keep pressing further, because there's always something that you can do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, our next little point here is offer competitive pricing. And we are going to have a full podcast about pricing next week, but we can kind of talk about it, do a little teaser for it here. Yeah. So everyone thinks that like the best way to win is to discount. And that's actually not the fact because discounts is only one tool in your toolkit. So we're talking about this a lot more next week, but there are multiple ways that you can actually like provide more value and charge a premium and still be a better uh, better position than your competition so come watch next week because really like increasing like value without discounting uh or even discounting but like upselling like there's so many ways of doing that so definitely come back next week um any anything else this uh, uh justine that you want to like talk about like in 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 regards to like anything we talked about because this is like pretty simple but you mm -hmm. need, sometimes need like reminders you know right um I mean that's all the kind of points I had uh definitely pricing definitely come back for that episode because oh, yeah. it will be packed full of information for sure it's gonna be really <laughs> um, yeah anything else you want to add Nico before we end it off no the biggest thing here is like do your research and continue to do your research like it doesn't stop once and it shouldn't be like a it, you don't have to do it daily or weekly but definitely like quarterly uh or uh, at least bi-quarterly so that you can really focus on building that relationship um and just continuing to one-up your competition so thank you guys so much for listening have such a beautiful rest of your day as always it's amazing uh to have you guys listen to us and if you have any questions email me at nicogetbalancemedia.com Justine, thank you for great questions, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace.